Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. In this episode, you'll hear from student pharmacist Shanice Anderson share about knowing your options in the pharmacy profession. Right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is Shanice Anderson, who is a global medical governance intern at Pfizer and the regional member at large for the American Pharmacist Association Academy of Student Pharmacists at Howard University College of Pharmacy, where she is a third year pharmacy student. And Shanice has her student LinkedIn account dialed in. So if there are students out there listening, if you're curious how to set up your LinkedIn profile, be sure to check hers out. She uh, had an interesting post on LinkedIn called The Versatility of a PharmD, which is why I wanted to talk with her today. So Shanice, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I think it's really cool that you thought I was cool enough to have this opportunity. So I'm really excited to like talk to you. Um, I think this is this is great what you're doing um, for students, um, for pharmacists. I think, well, me, I can only speak from the perspective of a student. I think something like this really helps because it really shines a light on a lot of different topics. And, you know, we're always looking for guidance and ways to be better student pharmacists and eventually better pharmacists. So thank you for what you do. Well, thank you for that. And so now that our listeners have gotten to hear a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and maybe share a little bit about your personal life. So um, like you said, I'm a third year student pharmacist at Howard University in Washington, D.C. I'm originally from Miami, Florida, and so I made the move to Washington, D.C. specifically for pharmacy school. And today it's been probably one of the best decisions that I've ever made. I've learned so much just from being in Washington, D.C. And I've met so many different kinds of people. I think that Washington, D.C. in itself is a very um, versatile place, uh, very diverse. So many different people, so many different careers, um, just in pharmacy alone, so many different career paths within pharmacy that I've learned just from being here. And so it's been an amazing experience. Um, I am currently heavily involved in different pharmaceutical organizations. Um, One that I'm most passionate about is probably my uh, position in the American Pharmacists Association Academy of Student Pharmacists. And so there I serve as the regional member at large for Region 2. And I'm basically just responsible for the needs of the members of the organization from the schools in my region. So that's about 20 schools. Um, in different states like Virginia, West Virginia, here in D.C., which D.C. is in a state, but <laughs> D.C., Maryland, um, New Jersey. And so that has been such a rewarding experience because I've been able to meet student pharmacists from 
so many different schools, so many different places that are pursuing so many different things. And that in and of itself has been such an amazing opportunity for myself to learn more about what there is to pharmacy to help impact our profession um, on a very personal level and just to feel like I'm giving back to the profession. Um, I like to write. So we have a newsletter here on at Howard University's campus um, called the Black Apothecary. Essentially, student pharmacists throughout the college submit articles um, pertaining to things that are relevant to pharmacy or to being a student in pharmacy school or a student in Washington, D.C. And um, I'm the editor-in-chief of that, and so you know, I get that together, but every so often I will uh, write an article. And so that uh, the article that I wrote titled The Versatility of a PharmD was written for um, the Black Apothecary, just based off the fact that um, me coming from Florida and having friends that are pharmacy students in Florida, I know that um, we're very limited in that state to clinical and community pharmacy. They don't really talk a lot about a lot about all the different opportunities that are available for PharmD, such as working for a pharmaceutical company or working for the federal government or working in adverti- in advertisement. Like all of those are options that I had no idea existed until I moved to Washington, D.C. And so that's kind of where the idea for that article kind of came out of to help educate um, some of my colleagues on all that they could do so that they didn't feel limited. Yeah, well, that is really interesting. And I would have to agree with you. So I live in Nashville, Tennessee, but one of my very favorite cities is Washington, D.C. So I got the bug going up there and interning for a senator from Mississippi, my home state, uh, and decided I had to go back for pharmacy and had the, the privilege of interning at HRSA's Office of Pharmacy Affairs, uh, which oversees the 340B program and a couple of other initiatives. And you are exactly right. There is just such a vast opportunity in the D.C. area. You've got the FDA, HRSA, all of the different government agencies. And being there during the summer is a really exciting time because all of the associations have internships and APHA does a really fabulous summer leadership institute event and helps to teach students about the importance of advocacy. They do a a day on the hill. So uh, I'm very thankful that you uh, recognized that there was a need to talk about the versatility of a PharmD. So we'll just jump in there. Could you share just a little bit more um, insights into that article and, yeah, and pull sure. out a few so, highlights. Um, um, I'd say that probably what stood out to me the most um, in writing that article was the fact that I really kind of focused on the fact that me being from Florida kind of limited my perspective in a little bit. And after posting the article, one of my um, friends reached out to me and said, hey, I read your article and I completely agree with you. I'm from XYZ state and I had no idea. And, you know, I really want to get involved with, for them, their example was that they really wanted to get involved um, in like the public health sector and do some work um, with the United States Public Health Service. And they saw that um, kind of touched on in my article. So they were asking me questions on that. So that was kind of 
to me, one of the biggest things that I thought was very interesting is that um, depending on where you're from or where you study pharmacy, you probably aren't aware of all the different things that a pharmacist can do. And the degree is just so broad. You can be a consultant. You can, like I said, work for the FDA. There's just so many different things and so many different niches in which you can you know, get involved in. Um, I know you mentioned APHA. You can work for an association. You know, I work very closely with APHA and some of the pharmacists that work um, for that organization. And it's amazing to see the work that they're doing firsthand that is shaping the practice of pharmacy. Um, recently, there was just some legislation approved um, to, uh, I guess, support, what's the word, um, collaborative practice agreements. Um, and so seeing the work that was done like behind the scenes um, from one of our student pharmacists here at Howard University and a, a pharmacist that worked um, that works at the FDA, just seeing that firsthand, um, seeing my colleague, my uh, my classmate get involved with the policy um, hands on and be able to affect that change. And now that's something that he can speak to. And that's probably a field that he's going to go into because he's very passionate about policy. I just felt that it was very important to highlight um, all of the options, because I feel like sometimes we limit ourselves. Um, we hear so much about, you know, clinical residencies and doing rounds and making sure that, you know, our clinical knowledge and our therapeutics is um, top notch so that, you know, we can get placed in a residency. But the reality of it is, is that everyone isn't going to match to a residency just because of the sheer volume of students and the, um, the, the minimum number of residencies that are available. And so I thought that it was important to know that, you know, there are other options besides residencies, just in case, you know, if that is something that you're passionate about and you don't match, there are other options for you, other equally important and equally unique um, options. Absolutely. You've gotten a lot of traction. Absolutely. And you've gotten a lot of traction on your article too. Lots of comments. And so it really has resonated with a lot of people. So I think for other pharmacists or pharmacy students, I think that really utilizing LinkedIn, not only to make connections and to, you know, see people who maybe you've met at a conference or maybe you want to meet at a conference. Uh, it's a great networking tool, but it's also, uh, I use it to stay up to date on different things in healthcare. And so seeing articles like yours and, and other things that pop up is really helpful. Uh, so Shanice, tell us about what it, it means to be a global medical governance intern at yeah, Pfizer so, and how did you um, get I that I spent internship? the summer in New York at Pfizer's headquarters and I have to tell you it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. As cliche as it sounds, it was very life-changing because it kind of exposed me to what it means to be a corporate professional. Like, you know, I don't have much experience working in a corporate setting or, you know, having an actual nine to five job because I kind of went, you know, straight through with school. I, I did my undergrad degree at the University of South Florida in Tampa, Florida, and then I immediately started um, on my PharmD degree here at Howard. So I didn't really have any working experience. So that alone in and of itself was something that I really cherished, just being able to get up and go, 
you know, to work every day, which was my internship, and contribute. Um, so I was in the medical governance department um, of Pfizer. And basically what that department is, is when um, pharmaceutical companies have people called medical science liaisons. And they basically go out to physicians and other healthcare providers and provide the clinical knowledge of, say, a new drug or any drug that that company um, has on the market. Um, so, for example, I'll say uh, with Pfizer, one of the most popular drugs of Pfizer um, was Viagra. So uh, an, an MSL, a medical science liaison, would go to, say, a prescriber and say, these are all of the things that Viagra can do. These are all the side effects of Viagra. These, this, all, this is all the clinical data of it. And um, so the way that medical governance plays a role in that is making sure that the MSLs are staying in that clinical role and staying in a non-promotional role and not um, providing information with the intent to sell. So MSLs, at least within Pfizer, um, are kind of restricted in that they are not meant to sell any drug to a healthcare professional or a healthcare provider. They are strictly there to provide clinical knowledge um, and to answer any questions that that HCP or a uh, healthcare provider may have. Um, and so medical governance kind of provides that guidance and provides that policy to make sure that MSLs are kind of staying within that non-promotional clinical role. And so um, my manager was Dr. Catherine Boosie. She is a pharmacist by training. And so it was great um, being paired up with her because I was able to see how my PharmD degree can translate company and, you know, more on the business side of things and developing, developing my business acumen from um, the clinical knowledge that I was learning in school. And so that was great. Um, the experience was amazing being able to learn the way that the company was structured, um, being able to see all of the different roles that a pharmacist can have within a pharmaceutical company. A pharmacist can do almost anything within um, a pharmaceutical company. And it, it was actually really amazing and almost a little overwhelming to see. Um, but it really gave me kind of, I don't know, it made me excited to think of all the possibilities that are pretty much endless when it comes to working in the pharmaceutical industry. And so I kind of got this position um, through, so Pfizer has like a set summer student worker program. And so I applied through the summer student worker program. I believe the applications um, normally drop, I guess, every January. I want to say that it the application went live end of January. And so I applied through the portal, you know, I uploaded my resume and all these things. Um, and then I fortunately got a call um, inviting me to interview. And so I interviewed with, actually, I interviewed with Kathy, who was my manager, Dr. Catherine Boosie. And um, from then, uh, she, they let me know that, you know, I had got the position and that I was able to start. And the rest is, you know, <laughs> history. Um, but like I said, it was an amazing experience. Um, everyone there was so welcoming, so willing to share with me their knowledge, so willing to share with me how they got to where they are. Um, I made a point to meet with a lot of the pharmacists that work there just to get um, some per uh, perspective from them. And it was just honestly an amazing experience. I would do it again in a heartbeat if I could.
Yeah, that well, it sounds like an amazing opportunity. Is that something that you sought out yourself, or did you? Um, so Howard definitely Howard. Um, champions for its students for sure. Um, I would say that they definitely made sure that their students were aware of the opportunity. Um, they made sure that we knew that applications were live. Um, and not just for Pfizer, for several different other companies and other programs. And so they were very, um, and when I say they, I mean like, you know, our professors, our advisors, um, they were very instrumental in making sure that we were aware of those opportunities. A lot of our alumni work in all these different companies as well. So we have some alumni that, we have a lot of alumni that work for the FDA or that work for, you know, different companies. And so um, they make sure that we are aware that the applications are out and so that we can apply and try to, you know, get, get, get something, um, for the summer to get a, an experiential, an outside experience outside of the classroom. And so I definitely would say that Howard definitely champions for its students and tries to, um, make sure that we are aware of all of the opportunities that are available for us. That That's is great. The more earlier on in their career, diverse the opportunities sure. that students can have earlier on in their career. So I see the you're working sure. on a project for sickle cell disease. So I see you're working and on a project for, for sickle cell disease. With and it's for ongoing Salome research projects mm-hmm. with Dr. Wingate. Yes. Salome Weaver and LaMarcus Wingate. Investigating the scope of pain analgesics on the effect of pain other than opioids agents on the effect of pain felt in patient patients diagnosed with sickle cell anemia. Sure, yeah. So I'm working a little bit more about that here at Howard University College of Pharmacy, Dr. Wingate and Dr. Weaver, along with two of my classmates, Simi Sola Williams and Jayla Briggs. And we are just working um, basically to find um the association between morphine uh, milligram equivalents and the use of hydroxyurea um, in relation to uh, sickle cell disease pain management. And so basically um, the theory behind it is that if um, a patient that has sickle cell is on hydroxyurea, then the dose of um, any type of opioid that they are on would should be less. So without the hydroxyurea, a higher dose of opioids. With the hydroxyurea, a lower dose of opioids. And so basically, um, we're kind of looking at morphine milligram equivalents because um, from if you can think back to like your therapeutics, all opioids essentially, you know, get broken down into morphine in the body. And so we're looking at those milligram equivalents and seeing the effects that it has in conjunction with the hydroxyurea. Um, in these sickle cell patients during, you know, their pain crises. And so that research is still in its early phases. We submitted our IRB and all that. So we are getting it underway, um, trying to get everything together. But it is still in early in in like some of the early phases. But it's very interesting. Um, It's giving us a chance to get experience in learning what it means to work um, with patients, what it means to really read and dissect uh, medical publications and medical journals. And it's just an awesome experience. We're hoping that we'll be able to 
present this at a conference in in the future when, you know, we're kind of a little bit closer to having, you know, results and things like that. Um, So it's very exciting work. And yeah, I don't know. I'm very proud of it. I think that it's going to lead to something really great. Um, Where we're located in Washington, D.C., where Howard University Hospital is located in Washington, D.C., majority of the patients that come through are African-American or they are, um, let's say they are of African descent. So we have a lot of Ethiopian patients. We have a lot of Nigerian patients. Um, And so, like you said, sickle cell um, disease is something that is very prominent in the African-American community. And so it's almost kind of, but it's very almost, not to say convenient, but it's kind of convenient to focus on sickle cell because a lot of the patients that do come through Howard University Hospital, unfortunately, have that disease. Um, so it kind of sets us up in a way that we have a very large patient population to study. And um, we have a lot of data to collect in that sense because we are um, in an area that's predominantly Black and predominantly has a lot of patients that unfortunately have sickle cell anemia. Yeah, and it's got to feel good to really be making a difference in a disease that primarily affects African Americans and going to an African American. Uh, so what excites you about the future of pharmacy? Uh, so what excites me about the future of pharmacy is that it's changing so quickly. I feel like. The pharmacist of 20 years ago is completely different from the pharmacist of today. And the pharmacist of today is probably going to be completely different from the pharmacist of 20 years from now. And so I think that we are probably in one of the most fastest growing professions as far as the innovative things that are happening. Um, Technology is, you know, making its way into our profession and so many things are changing the role of the pharmacist is changing. We're getting so much more clinical knowledge um, during our time in pharmacy school than we than those that came before us probably have gotten. And I think that the our scope of practice is changing. Um, like one of the big things that we talk about um, when we go to advocate, like on Capitol Hill and things like that, um, is provider status. So you know, making pharmacists. Um, providers under um, Medicare plans. And so with that comes a lot of added responsibility. And I think that the direction in which the profession is moving, we will have to adapt very quickly to a lot of things. And not only will we have to adapt um, as pharmacists and future pharmacists, but um, the healthcare professionals that we often work with will have to adapt and, um, you know, kind of change Um, kind of their roles a smidge just to, um, I guess I would say, accommodate how fast the profession of pharmacy is growing. And so that's something that really excites me. Um, It's because it's it's changing. Like you you won't get bored with it, I feel like. And there's so many different um, avenues that are possibilities now with all of this new change that's coming about. So that's something that really excites me about the profession of pharmacy. Absolutely. What is some advice that you would and share so Shanice, with as our final question about utilizing LinkedIn What is some advice that you would share with fellow students about utilizing LinkedIn? So my advice and for um, getting involved while in school. To get involved in school, um, getting involved in different organizations has put me in such a position to where you know, I feel like I've been able to exercise my time management skills. I've been able to become a little bit more organized because I want to make sure that I have time to study. I want to make sure that I have time 
to, um, you know, write this report for whatever chapter meeting or chapter reporting we have going on. I want to make sure that I have time to plan this event for after classes. So it's really given me almost like a well-rounded type of experience here Um, because not only am I a student studying, but I'm essentially, you know, I'm, I'm practicing, I'm developing my leadership skills. I'm developing my people skills. I'm developing like so many, an array of different things that I probably wouldn't have gotten if, you know, I would have just been super focused on like schoolwork. And so I think there's so much value in finding an organization that, you know, aligns with your mission, vision, your mission, vision and values and kind of just um, getting really involved with it, even if it's only one organization. And, you know, that involvement doesn't mean you have to be president or vice president or chair of a committee. Like you can be a member that's extremely active in my first year here. I didn't have any leadership position, but, you know, I was always at community service events, you know, offering to take blood pressure or, you know, take glucose measurings or um, always offering to just be present. So that's something that I would say is extremely valuable. I've met so many people in doing that. um, And, you know, I'm sure we hear it a lot of students that networking, networking, networking is such a huge thing. And my involvement in all these organizations has really made it almost impossible for me not to network and not to meet new people. Um, So that's definitely something that I would say about involvement. Um, LinkedIn is an amazing way to network without really, you know, having to be physically present. Um, Simply just updating your LinkedIn with you know, all of your current information, you know, where you go to school, um, some of the projects that you're involved with, some of the organizations that you're involved with. Just doing that alone kind of opens so many doors um, because it helps to, when you do things like that, LinkedIn automatically connects you to people that are, you know, involved in similar things. They suggest people for you to friend. Um, When you upload, say you upload a post of an event that you attended, um, if your if your friend or your colleague likes that post, whoever is their friend can see the post that they liked, and now they're exposed to you and all of the amazing things that you're doing, and now you're on their radar, and possibly that could lead to an opportunity in the future. Um, and it's also just a way for you to kind of keep track of all the things that you are doing, you know, during your time in pharmacy school or during your career. Um, I try to put like not every event, but I try to put like the big, like important events on my LinkedIn, um, just as a way to like, remember sometimes. And, um, like I said, I, I like to, I think it puts you in a great position to just be very, um, to be visible. Um, people are recruiting sometimes people are looking for, you know, their next, fellow, their next resident, their next employee, um, sometimes on LinkedIn, and not even them looking, you looking as well. There are opportunities for you to find job postings, um, internship postings. There are so many internship postings that I found on LinkedIn um, when I was um, in the process of applying for internships last year, um, all through LinkedIn. And so I just think it's an, it's an amazing tool. Um, this whole interview is a result of LinkedIn. So I'm forever an advocate of LinkedIn. I love that site. I think it's an amazing way to um, advocate for yourself. It's an amazing way to develop your brand um, and how you'd like people to see you. It's an amazing way to 
develop your professionalism and like you said stay up to date um, I follow a lot of I follow a lot of different uh, organizations like Walgreens um, Pfizer um, the FDA they often post things of when a new drug has been approved either you know altogether or for a new indication um, and it's, it's just really a great site um, and a great way to connect with people and a great way to learn and so I really recommend LinkedIn 100%. Well, Shanice, it has been a pleasure talking with you. I am just so impressed. And if other student pharmacists are following in your footsteps, then the future of pharmacy is certainly bright. So thanks for sharing some tips on starting your involvement early on. Thank you, Hillary. It was a pleasure. Thank you again for asking me. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for being a guest. I apologize for the bit of overlap in the audio on my end of things towards the end of the interview, but hopefully you were able to catch everything. The show notes are going to be available at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, TheraWorks Relief. You can earn free CE credits through Pharmacy Times. There's a link on the healthcare professional site with more information. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. And if you're a student or new grad or resident and you are struggling with student loans, I know the guys over at Your Financial Pharmacist and they have put together an online course just for you. Uh, So head over to www.pharmacyadvisory.com slash student loan course to check that out. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 